you are the master of time, Yahweh. Before even the foundation of the world, God, you knew this day, Yahweh. You established that, Yahweh, and you make it. Yahweh, I bless you this morning for the gift of life, Yahweh. If we are here, it's because we're still alive, Yahweh. And that is a gift from you. We bless you because you are God. But now it's a time, God, you want to speak to your people. Who I am, God, I'm just nobody, Yahweh. God, that's why, God, I'm asking you, please, use me, God, and send your word to your people. I believe that they didn't come here this morning to hear me, but they came here, God, to hear you. That's why you want to speak to them now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let us stand and read the word of God. Before even we start reading, someone told me something very amazing. He told me, that person has come from south. I said, how do you know that? He said, because of the accent. I said, oh, okay. I didn't know that even in the U.S. we have a different accent. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's why I'm asking you this morning to also suffer a little bit with an African accent. <laughs> okay? And then in the meantime, I'll take also the opportunity to Thank you, my pastor. Uh, I like to call him dad. You know, I, I learned a lot from Pastor Wilson, and they did a lot for me. And it's really a blessing for me and my family. I came in this country about four years or five years ago, and I was here by myself. By the grace of God, through Pastor Wilson, I was able to bring my wife in the United States. Actually, she's a beautiful wife girl in the corner there. The secret is the first time I saw my wife, I told her directly, I'm going to get married with you. <laughs> I don't know why, but, you know, I keep my word, you know. <laughs> and I bless the church of God coming this morning. And uh, I bless Evie. God, God. I bless all the soldiers that they decide to put their life on the front line for Christ. Amen. This morning we're coming from the book of Luke. We're going to be in the book of Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 5. We're going to stop by 5, but I will touch also 6, 7, and 8, and 9. But my main point is going to be in verses 1 to 5. I'm going to read. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. And he was rich. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and claimed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Amen. Amen. You may be set. The title that we give to our sermon this morning is uh, The Value Added. Because we add, we, the title is going to be The Value Added. I'm going to explain why. You know, Pastor Wilson was here. He helped me a little bit. I'm not going to talk about my country, but thank you once again for everything that you're doing in Congo. I've been in Pastor Wilson many times. Say, Dad, can you go to Africa? Can you go in Congo and help us? 
many, many times. But he went, and this time he didn't even stop in Kinshasa. He went straight to the village, and they come back, and then now he's here with us. But he says something very important here. He talk about the tablet or the bubbles that we have here. Do you know we even have a free bubble in the church? That means you don't even need to bring your own bubble. You're going to find one here waiting for you. That, uh, that's amazing. But there's something that I noticed when I came in the U.S. My wife and I, we were really suffering about that. All the time when we go to the store, we need to buy something. It's always $9.99. But when we want to pay that $9.99, it becomes $11.25. <laughs> say, oh, oh, what is going on here? No, you need to pay tax. Okay, I said, okay, fine. To be honest, I didn't like tax at all. At all. I remember even one time we need to buy a car. We didn't buy it because the tax was almost $2,000. I said, what? This is again tax everywhere. That means nobody likes tax. No. I think the people, even those who they make more money, they don't like IRS at all again. Except, you know, the, those on the low income. Sometimes we like IRS at the end of the year for tax return. Yeah. But more money you make, more you're going to hurt IRS. You don't go, you're never going to like it. I'm sorry for the members of, of New Beginning that they work for IRS. We don't like IRS sometimes. But that's true. But when we start to see the result of tax, maybe it can make you think. You know, if we have a very road, nice road, it's because tax. You're paying your tax every day. That's true. If we're sending our kids to school for free, there's even a bus. Oh, wow, that was amazing. I saw the bus coming, and they pick up my kids, not mine, our kids, and they bring them to school. And if they go there, they can eat. They have books, all of this for free. For those who they go sometimes to college, they have a financial aid, they get for free. Do you know where the money comes from? The money comes from tax. Even we don't like tax, but certain level tax is very, very important. But I like the way the economists, those who they do that, they call taxes. They call that a value added. That means we add value on top of another value. That means the value of the fact that we're buying something where we decide to add something on top of that so we can buy that thing. That means if you're buying a car and you pay your tax, that means you add the value not only in your car, but in the fact that you're going to enjoy driving your car in a nice road. This is a value added. But we're going to talk about something. Before, I didn't understand what the Dr. Luke did in the chapter 19. I said, okay, let's go back a little bit in chapter 18. So I'm going to make sense. It's going to make sense in my head. The Bible says in the book of Luke 18, 31. I'm not preaching about that. But I'm just going to help you with a background. He said that the Bible, Jesus decided, he said that I'm going to Jerusalem. But for Jesus to go to Jerusalem, he need to pass by Jericho. Actually, Jesus was not going to Jericho, but he's supposed to pass by Jericho because he was going there. And the Bible said that there was a lot of people that were following Jesus. A lot. I don't know how many. But once in my Bible I checked, there was about 5,000 people that they were following Jesus. But you know, don't forget about something. In the Jewish culture, they don't count women. They don't count kids. They don't count someone that cannot fight. That means if you are blind, you, have a, you cannot walk, they don't count you. That means, I believe, there were more than 5,000 people that they were following Jesus that day. I think about 10,000, 20,000, I don't know how many. But what I know, that there was a lot of people following Jesus. 
But those people, when they start to following Jesus, the Bible says Jesus dead to Jericho first. But when he get to, to Jericho, he was not going there. He was just passing. But when he get to Jericho, Jesus will meet someone. That guy, the name is Bartimae. We start with that. That guy, he heard the noise. He said, what is going on? They told him, no. Jesus Christ is passing. But the Bible says he didn't call Jesus. Actually, he called the son of David. Because Bartimae means son of Timae. But he didn't call Jesus. He called son of David. A mercy on me. Oh, I really like it. What the Bible said, Jesus healed the person. But what I noticed again, Jesus didn't stop by there. But Jesus continued his journey. And the Bible starts directly in the book of, in the chapter 19. They said Jesus entered Jericho. I didn't know why, because he was already in Jericho when he healed Bartimae. But why the Bible mentioned that for the second time? Yeah, because Jericho has something very particular. Jericho, this city, means a city of Palmyra. That means everywhere you go, you're going to see a lot of trees of Palmyra. This is Jericho. And the Jericho being, we used to be the first city that the Jewish people took when they come from Egypt. Oh, I want you to, to, to remember that. It's the first city. And then when they took that city to make that to become there, their city, according to the will of God, God told them something. He said, you are not going to touch nothing of this city. Everything that you're going to take, give it out to me. It was the first city. That means everything in our life, the first one must be God. And then the Bible says, continue. Jesus, Jesus continue. And then the Bible stop and introduce somebody. That is the main person that we're going to talk about that today. You know what? I like that story. You know, in the Bible, everywhere, Jesus is the main character. From the book of Genesis chapter 1 until Revelation 25, 21st, Jesus is the main character. Except in Luke 19. In the Luke 19, Jesus is not actually in action, but Jesus is the one taking note of the actions. No, Jesus is not the one doing the action. Jesus is just taking note of what is going on. The Bible starts to talk about somebody, and that guy, the name is Zacchaeus. Oh, the Bible says something. The Bible says that guy was a chief collector. No, I noticed that he was not a collector. But he was the chief collector. That means there was a people around him and he was sending people. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says he was rich. Uh -huh. But the Bible also says he was short. short. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is something that we notice. He was short. I don't know how short he was, but he was short that he could not see Jesus. Yeah. But you know what? Let us think about that. The Bible said that he came, he wanted to see who was Jesus. Oh, I like that. That there was a lot of people that they were following Jesus. We said that more than 10,000 people that they were following Jesus. But those people, they came to see Jesus. But Zacchaeus, he didn't come to see Jesus, but he came to know who was Jesus. That is the difference. The people, they're coming to see who's Jesus, but he came to see who was Jesus. That is the two different that we have. Those people, they were following Jesus every single day. This is the people that Jesus was feeding with a bread every day. This is the people that Jesus was giving fish every day. This is the people that Jesus was healing, doing the miracle. But those people, they didn't know who was Jesus. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that. You know what? I notice even that. The Bible says in the book of Mark 15, Jesus asked a question, who the people say, I am. You know what the people say? They say you are John Baptist. Some of them, they say you are Elijah, but some of them, they say you are just one of the prophets. You know what? The people that they were with him every single day, but they didn't even know who he is. It's like you they come to arrest me and then they didn't find me. They just found my beautiful wife and they said, you know what? Who's your husband? He said, I don't know. It's just somebody that I live with. I don't know how you look. I don't know what he like to eat. I don't know nothing. You know what? I noticed this is the church of today. We don't know who's Jesus. We're just following him, but we don't even know who he is. We don't know what Jesus like. We don't know nothing about him. You know why? Because of that, we have more members in the church than we have a Christian. In our church, we have more members than we have Christian. Why? Because we don't know who's Jesus. You cannot be in a relationship with somebody and then you don't know the person. And then you don't know the person. A Christianity is not a question of habit. I'm doing that. I go in the church every Sunday. I read my Bible. No. A Christian life is experience that with building a relationship with God. You cannot just be a member. You need to live a Christian life. And a Christian life is not optional because there's no another life except your Christian life. But this guy had a very good attention. He didn't know. He didn't want to see Jesus. But he wanted to know who was Jesus. But the Bible said because of the crowd and because he was showed, he could not see Jesus. You know, I noticed something. There is always two reasons. Two factors that can stop us to see Jesus. We have the outside and the inside. Because this person also, Zacchaeus, have two problems. He was showed and then there was a crowd. The reason cannot help him to see Jesus. I don't know what is the reason that is stopping you to see Jesus. If it is the inside, my question is how spiritual short you are that you cannot see Jesus. Because he was short. That is the reason he could not see. And then there was a crowd. That's why he could not see through the crowd. I don't know how spiritual short you are. And that stop you to see Jesus. Let us talk a little bit about the inside. We have the internal problem in us that always stop us to see Jesus. We've been in the, Christ, in the church for a very long time. Actually, we've been in the church for 15 years. But you have a problem in you for 25 years. That means before even you become a Christian, that problem was there. And when you become a Christian, you carry that with you. I don't know if you're going to go into heaven with that, but I don't think so. That is the type of problem that's stopping us to see Jesus. I check in the Bible and I notice something. One day, the, the, the kids of Jacob, they come to see him and they tell him, Dad, we have a very bad news for you. They say, what? He said, your son Joseph is dead. The Bible says Jacob was so sad that God didn't speak to that guy for almost 30 years. Because he kept that, that pain inside. 
for almost 30 years, God didn't say nothing to him. Until the day they came to see him and they told him, you know what? You stand still alive. The Bible says something that I lack. They say the soul of Jacob revived directly. That means when he released that pain on him, that means the, the, the soul revived. And then the Bible says immediately, God spoke to him and he said, take everything that is belong to you, go down to Egypt. I can tell you something today. Maybe if you don't see the glory of God, it's because you still keep that inside of you. And then the Bible says from outside, he could not see also Jesus. There was a crowd. Ah, this is the outside. I'm afraid a little bit about this generation. Because the outside, it's a lot for them. You know all the tablets that we have? This is our outside, stopping us to see Jesus. All the time that we spend on Facebook, you know what is stopping us to see Jesus. You know, we don't have, we have a problem with a time management. This is stopping us to seeing Jesus. That we have a lot of distraction today. That is all the outside that is stopping us to see Jesus. But you know what? I noticed something. I have a very good news for you today. Something the Bible says very amazing things. This guy, Zacchaeus, he noticed these two things. He noticed first, I was showed, I'm showed. Secondly, there was a lot of people. And the third, I'm a chief collector. People don't like the chief collector. The same way we don't like IRS. In that time too, they didn't like them too. They didn't like them too. Actually, in that time, there were no low-income people. No, everybody were paying taxes. Everybody. And they would have didn't like them for three reasons. The first reason, those people, they were so corrupt. The second reason, they were so proud. And the third reason, those people, they were working for Caesar, for, for enemy. Because that time, Israel was under the domination of Roman people. That means they were working for the glory or for the favor of Caesar. And that they were taking money from their neighbors or family or Jewish people. And the people didn't like them. That means that was also one of the reasons that people could not put him in the front line. They said, you are short, just came here. They said, no, you're always taking our money. We're not going to let you see Jesus. Even those people, they were seeing Jesus for none reason. You know why they were seeing Jesus? Because he was doing a miracles. They thought that it was like going in a movie. It was kind of a spectacular thing for them to see that. They didn't have any purpose. By following Jesus. But the Bible mentioned something very amazing. They said, this guy, he think twice. He said, I need really to see who's Jesus. The Bible says he ran and they claimed a sycamore tree. Oh, this is the part that I like the most. He ran and they claimed the sycamore tree. You know what? I know that there may be many reasons in your life that is stopping you to see Jesus. But because Jesus gives you a head, you can create some strategy and find a sycamore tree can help you to go high so you can see Jesus. They need a sycamore tree in our lives so we can climb that and see Jesus. This guy, he talked about that. There was a no revelation. He didn't hear any prophecy telling him you need to do this and that. He just takes it said, because I need to see Jesus. Let me climb the sycamore tree. I don't know if in your life you have any sycamore tree. Sometimes to be a Christian life is a very good thing. But sometimes we need some sycamore tree. We need some value that can help us to see Jesus. We need a sycamore tree in our lives. 
I don't know what is your sycamore tree. Because I tried to see some research about the sycamore tree. You know what I realized? It's not a tree actually. This is amazing. Because I told you in the beginning that Jericho means city of Palmyra. And I thought, for me, I think, Zacchaeus is supposed to claim a tree of Palmyra because that was the name of the city. It was everywhere. No, he claimed a sycamore tree. You know why? Because the sycamore tree, it's a, just a type of tree. There's a many different sycamore trees. That means you cannot find one of them. And all of them, it doesn't look the same, but it's a different. Why this sycamore tree? Because your strategy cannot be my strategy. If me, I need to pray in the morning, you need to pray at night. We cannot have the same strategy, and we cannot have the same sycamore tree. We cannot have a same sycamore tree. But this sycamore tree is very important because it's helping us to go high and to see Jesus. Oh, I have another good news for you this morning. There's nothing you can do to see Jesus. There is nothing you can do. You cannot take God by surprise. No. The Bible said between us and the God, there's four heavens. God, he lives very high. He's an omniscient and omnipotent God. The Bible says everywhere at the same time, but at the same time, he's an invisible God. We cannot see him with our eyes, no? But that God, if you tell me one day God revealed himself to you, I'm going to believe that. If you tell me that you saw God one day, I'm going to believe that. Why? It's not because you want to see God. It's because he let himself to reveal to you. It's not because you did some effort. No. Because God decides to reveal himself to you. This is exactly what's happening in the life of Zacchaeus. The Bible says when Jesus reached that spot. I like that. He, he didn't stop before the sycamore tree. He didn't stop after the sycamore tree. He stopped by the sycamore tree. And they tell me, he says something. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. Oh, no. The Bible says Jesus called him Zacchaeus. Oh, this is amazing. Because it's in my Bible they never met before. How oh, Jesus knew his name among 20,000 people. God, Jesus notices that person and he tells him, Zacchaeus, calm down. You know what? Because with Jesus, there is no nice to meet you. No, he doesn't exist. Because he knows you. He's the one who created you. You were part of the plan of Jesus. That means nice to meet you doesn't exist with God. That's why he could tell Zacchaeus, calm down. He called him by his name. He said, calm down. And today, I'm going to remain in your house. He said, I'm telling you today, calm down. I'm going to remain in your house. Jesus knows the guy. But the Bible tells us in chapter 18 that Jesus was only passing. Like I said, Jesus was not coming in Jericho. But the Bible says, he said, because of what you did, I'm going to remain in your house. I think it's a time for us to go up to our sycamore tree. It's a time for us to go high so the Lord can remain in our house. So the Lord can remain in our house. I like Jesus. I really love him. Something that is it's amazing. And that, that guy, when he came down, he went to the house of Jesus, go to the, his house. Check again. Jesus is doing nothing. He's just taking note of all the action that is taking place. The guy told Jesus something. He said, you know what? I'm taking 50% of my 
money and everything that I have, I'm going to give to the poor. And if I did something wrong to somebody, I'm going to fix it. And I'll pay him four times what I took off from the guy. This is something very amazing. It really cut my mind. You know what? This is a repentance. Peter said something. The first time that the apostle Peter preached, the Bible said when he finished to preach, the people come to you, they say, what do we need to do so we can be saved? He said something very amazing. I want you to repent and be baptized. My question is, when is the last time we repent ourselves before the Lord? We are in the church for a very long time. I'm sorry I'm not the pastor of the church. That means normally I'm not supposed to do those kind of things. That's why I'm going to stop a little bit. I'm not going to say anything. Why? Because we've been in the church for a very long time, but we're still the same people also for a very long time. We never change. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. For very long time, we're still the same. For very long time, we don't know what is good and what is bad. For very long time, we try to explain, Pastor, this is me. If you want to accept me, expect me the way I am. No, we need to accept you the way the Bible says. Not the way you are. We cannot tell God that this is our culture. No, God is above a culture. God is God. I'm sorry to let you know, God doesn't have American passport. We cannot tell God this is America. No. Holiness is his standard. We cannot do the things the way we want to do it in the name of freedom. In the church, there's no freedom. It's a black and white. You take that, yes. You don't take that, you go out. That's it. This is God. God way or no way. We decide to do the things like where we want to. And we claim that Christ lives in us. Oh, I don't know. I don't have the power to check the level of spirituality of people. But when I notice something, when God came in the house of this guy... The Bible says he decided. Jesus didn't tell him nothing, but he told Christ, because of your presence, check what I'm going to do. I'm going to give everything to the poor. I'm going to change the way I'm doing things. I'm going to fix all my mistakes. Since when are you a Christian and you're still the same person? Since when are you a Christian that you've been in that relationship that he doesn't give glory to God, but you expect God to accept you the way you are? And that is not a true gospel. Does God love everybody? Yeah. He loves us. He died for us too. I believe in that. But God also is a good father. Yeah. That means if you don't do the things the way you're supposed to do it, God also going to punish you. Love doesn't mean that we're going to care about you all the time. No. Because of that love, Jesus God said, I came to live in you. The Bible mentioned something in the book of Romans. He said, do you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? But I like that comma. The Bible said, if you destroy that, I will destroy you. And we need to produce the fruit of repentance. 
If Christ really came in our house, the way he came in Zacchaeus' house, we need to see the fruit of repentance. You cannot tell us you are a Christian according to your own thought. Because the Bible says we need to see the fruit of repentance. That means we need to see that with our own eyes. I think it's a time for us to realize that we need to add some value in our Christian life. That value that is going to help us to have a better relationship with Jesus. Oh, I like one something that the Bible says in the beginning of that. The Bible says he was also rich. But that person looked like he didn't need nothing from no one. Because he had everything. But he could not live in peace as long as he didn't have Christ in him. That's why the Bible says he ran and they claimed to see who Jesus was. But when I check something, in the Bible, the Bible is talking about Abraham. The Bible said this guy one day he says something that. He said something very amazing. He said he called God Jehovah. Jire. I say, okay, well, that is amazing. Jehovah is the name of God. Jire means the provider. But when I check carefully, Jehovah Jire doesn't mean God provider, but he say God notice the need and provide. That means God cannot provide when there is no need. That means there's something very amazing. We don't think that it's always going to produce. No. God can provide only if there is a need. That means God needs to see the need in you before he produces or provide something in your life. Now, because of that, God in heaven noticed the need that it was in the world. When Adam sinned against God, there was no relationship between us and God, and the God noticed the need. And they said, now I need to provide a solution. God started looking for somebody that he could send to come and serve the world. Oh, I have a bad news. He didn't find no one. God, he tried Moses, he didn't work. He tried Abraham, he didn't work. He tried Jacob, he didn't work. He tried Isaac, he didn't work. He tried Isaiah, he didn't work. He tried everybody until he found himself. He said, let myself take a flesh and a go. Because actually I will never go to find no one. That's why God came. He was with us. The Bible says he was 100% a man and 100% a God. He walked in the road of Palestine. I like the way my pastor always explained that. He was there with us. He did a miracle. He saved people, but he realized that was not enough. Because what? By doing the miracle, Jesus was doing what? The addition. You know the addition? It's a zero plus one equals one. But God said, no, I need to go to another dimension. Now I'm going to go to the dimension of addition. That means I'm going to be the one and everybody multiply himself to me. He's going to get the same result. That's why when you take one, multiply by two, you're going to have two. That means God got to that dimension by giving his life. The Bible says he gave his life. And then they put him on the cross. He was there. He was there on the cross and they died. He died that day. He died, Jesus. What I like the most is because my God died one day. Oh, he died like other God. That's true. But when they put my God and that God in the tomb, what I noticed, they prayed the first God, stay in the tomb. Man, my God, he was there for the first day. He was there for the second day or so. He was there for the third day. But the world cannot keep him. <laughs> my Bible, Bible says he come out from the tomb. 
My Bible says he came out with a power and authority. And then he said to me something. He said, today I want to remain in your house. But you need to do something first. You need to add a value in your Christian life. Let God bless you.